Yeah, it is Wednesday afternoon here in Salford. It's the 14th of July, Bastille Day. How you doing, my French friends? It's a phone-in programme today. All the details are on a meme on richieallen.co.uk. I'll give you those details in a moment anyway. Welcome to the programme. It's the BBG, not the BBC. You're listening to the Richie Allen Radio Show, live from Salford in Greater Manchester. It's the Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. Yes, and uh, a week or 10 days of very nice weather has apparently commenced here in the country. So it's looking, well, fine and dandy. It's been a lovely afternoon here in the Northwest, in Salford. Hope it's been just as well wherever you are. I'll be taking your calls from a little after 5.30, maybe 5.30. There are two ways to reach the programme. Firstly, let's get rid of that. Scorchio Tremendo. Firstly, you can Skype me. Now, that Skype handle is chat with Richie, all one word, no spaces. Chat with or I-C-H-I-E. It doesn't cost you to do that. But you can phone me. Inside the UK, it is 0161-818-2018. Calling from outside the UK, it'll cost you, but it's plus 44161-818-2018. As I said, richieallen.co.uk, you'll see those contact details if you didn't grab them. I might tweet the meme in a moment when I get a chance in a moment. Now, I might hear, I don't know who I'm going to hear from, but I might hear from healthcare staff and care home staff because last night, and this has been spoken about everywhere today, MPs backed plans for care home staff to be vaccinated, in inverted commas, to be jabbed against COVID, despite the fact that a parliamentary committee asked the government to delay the vote over concerns that it would have a big impact on staff shortages. Now, the Health Secretary, Sajid Javid, yesterday moved ahead with the vote anyway on new regulations which will require people working in care homes to be fully jabbed from October. Right? Right. Now, the the vote last night... It was passed by 319 votes to 246. It will also apply to healthcare workers, tradesmen, hairdressers and others who need to, to enter a home to do other work unless they have a medical exemption. Full-scale tyranny, right? So I want to hear from you if this affects you. And I'm hearing from people on Twitter that indeed it is going to affect them badly. Right, what it means for you if you work in care or some other industry. All right, it is three minutes past five. You might have to be somewhere. I'm just keeping you up to date on the older, on the, on the older, on the older time there. This was um, a big deal in Australia two days ago. We're hearing about it here in the UK today. A vaccine advertisement, a jab advertisement, has well sparked a bit of horror in Australia. Because it's uh, an advertisement, a television ad, depicting a woman, a young woman, 
suffering from COVID. The ad shows the woman in a hospital bed with wires coming out of everywhere. She's gasping. And the text reads, COVID-19 can affect anyone. Book your vaccination. We can have a listen to a little bit of it. You'll hear the gasping and the whinging and the complaining and the crying and all of that, but you won't hear the book your vaccination because it's a bit of text, you know. Have a listen to this. This is mad, I tell you. Mad. (laughs) It's just a woman on a pillow looking like she can't breathe. But it is graphic. And then it comes up, COVID-19 can affect anyone. Stay home, get tested, book your vaccination. Now. Do it now. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. Yeah. Yagala. Canberra. Yeah, so it's mental now, isn't it? It's full-on mental. More about young people in a moment and how they might be affected by COVID or whatever COVID is. Yeah, lovely. Remember Susanna Reid from Good Morning Britain breaking down crying yesterday morning when reading a little boy's letter to the footballer Marcus Rashford. You might remember it. She was overcome when reading out a letter from a nine-year-old boy to world-famous footballer Marcus. Let's have a bit of a flashback to yesterday. Do that thing where you wave your body and it gets all blurry. Let's have a flashback. This was Susanna yesterday, unable to read the letter. And it says, Dear Marcus Rashford, I hope you won't be sad for long because you are such a good person. Last year, you inspired me to help those less fortunate. I hope Marcus feels everything that's coming through from this letter and from all the messages of support. Then last night, you inspired me again to always be brave. I'm proud of you. You'll always be a hero. He's nine years old. Ranveer, I mean, honestly. Honestly. It's it's hideous. That's England. That's England, isn't That's, it? isn't it? Dexter's England, right? Well, Dexter is England, so much so they brought him on the programme this morning. They brought Dexter on to meet Susanna Reid. Now, Dexter just won't stop writing letters. We've created a monster. He's on Good Morning Britain this morning with his mother. You'll hear his mother first. Well, he's just writing more letters. He's written a letter to Boris. Well, do you want to read the letter to the Prime Minister? And then we'll hear your letter to Saka as well in, a, in just a moment. He, he wrote a letter to Boris and he wrote a letter to, but how do I say it, Bak- Bakari, I can't pronounce the guy's name, Saka, the other footballer who was racially abused, who plays for Arsenal. I must be racist as well. So he's written letters to everybody, including Santa Claus. Dear Boris Johnson, I, Dexter Rosier, do not think you are doing enough about racial abuse. Personally, I think racial abuse online should lead to many people being banned from social media. If it's happening face-to-face, it should lead to warning of prison or other consequences. From Dexter Rosier, age nine. Oh, my word. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Have you had a response from the Prime Minister? Not yet. Not okay. yet. Well, let's, we'll put that to the government minister uh, when we speak to him a little bit later on. Mm. Soon, young Dexter will be leading a global bunk-off of school against racism. And he'll be tying his hair in pigtails, no doubt. Now, the minister in question was Grant Shapps, the transport secretary. Well, Grant, what do you think of little Dexter's letter to Boris? Richard Maidley <laughs> is grilling Grant Shapps. He's saying basically that he's not doing enough. The Prime Minister's not doing enough. Well, 
Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, the the, the, uh, the what a, what a fantastic letter. The prime minister absolutely is um, working flat out to uh, defeat uh, racism in this country. Um, uh, I mentioned before, I think we've got the most diverse cabinet in the country. One of the things you can do to uh, stop racism is make clear that there is no place in society, even at the highest echelons of running the country. Yeah, there's no diversity in that cabinet whatsoever. They're all a bunch of scumbags. There's no diversity, none in that cabinet. They're scum, every one of them. I think that's really important. And yesterday he hauled in those social media companies. You're right. He didn't haul in any social media company. That unfortunately changing laws in this country takes quite a while to do. We have <laughs> it's not really funny to grant you. To go all the way through the democratic processes of votes in parliament and the rest of it. But we're on the case. And in the meantime, there is something these social media companies can do uh, about it. And we want them to do it. I should point out the one other aspect of this is that some of this abuse is coming internationally in uh, and, uh, and, and clearly people bots maybe even automated stirring up some of uh, this as well yeah yeah maybe there you go they're not interested in somebody calling marcus rashford or bakayo saka saka bakayo bakayo saka i think that's how you pronounce it isn't it bakayo saka he'd a very good tournament the lad young lad they don't care the government doesn't care about people calling Marcus Rashford or Saka or Sancho, uh, the N-word, and they're not too concerned about them being called monkeys either. They're the patsies. They're the patsies. This is about control of everything you can and can't say. On a wide range of issues, they couldn't give a damn really about racism. Let's be honest about it. Let's leave that one there now. It's taken up too much time on your Richie Allen show. Right, over on BBC Radio 5 Live Breakfast, Rachel Burden and Nicky Campbell had two 20-year-olds on to talk about the jab. One of them was all for the jab. We don't need to hear from him. He had nothing to say, except he's had two jabs and he's delighted. But 21-year-old Charlie, I think he's 21. I think he's 21, not 20. Charlie, Charlie is not too keen on the jab. He's 21, he's a student. I want you to pay very close attention to the presenter, Rachel Burden. This is good stuff now. Charlie, I get it. Young people have, um, in many ways, okay, take the clinically vulnerable to one side here, but been the hardest hit by this pandemic in terms of impact on um, jobs, job opportunities, uh, studies, university, school, wherever you are, severely impacted, isolation from other friends, social activities. Are you raring to go next week, Charlie? Uh, yeah, yeah. To be honest, I'm 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 looking forward to getting out, but um, I'm I'm not going to be going out immediately. I'll probably you know give it give it a couple of weeks and then and then see how it goes. Because um, yeah, I do those make, first few nights could be a bit messy, couldn't they? Yeah, I, I still want to take a little bit of precaution, you know. Okay, but, um, so a bit of precaution, but you're not getting the jab, Charlie. Tell us why not. No. He's not having the jam, Charlie. He's funny. He's a funny guy, Charlie. You're a funny guy, Charlie. He says he's a bit reticent to go out straight away after July the 19th. I might just hang back a bit. See, does COVID kill anybody? And if it doesn't, I'll go out. But to be fair to the boy, he's not having the jab. Why, Charlie? No. Um, it's really just 
because it, it you know it's like a, a, new, a new thing that's come out um there wasn't tons of research done on it before the pandemic um and obviously it was it was kind of sped through uh and i just i, I, just, I just have to like interrupt to, at that point yeah. because- now she interrupts him he's not too keen on being on the radio probably the first time he's ever done it. I'm sure he's intelligent. So he's a little bit nervous. And he's making progress, sped it through. No research on this really before the pandemic. A little bit worried about it. Listen to what she says. It's come out. Um, there wasn't tons of research done on it before the pandemic. Um, and obviously it was, it was kind of sped through. Uh, and I just... I, I, just, I just have to like interrupt to, at that point yeah. because you know that in order for this vaccine to be approved, it went through every single stage of the process. Of course. That <laughs> any kind of approved vaccine needs to pass in order to be approved, not just here in the UK, but by the World Health Organization and health authorities all over the world, that although it was fast-tracked, none of the actual process of testing it was sidestepped or skipped in any way. You you know that you understand that. Yeah, no, no. I've I've read the um I've read the literature on it. Well done, Rachel. When you get home, Bill Gates will have put another story on your house. Good girl, good girl. Ma on Colleen. That's what you call propaganda. If you're going to do it, do it properly. You know. No, no messing around. You did catch what she said there. After saying that everything was done properly, she then admitted that it was fast-tracked. Not too intelligent, Rachel Borden. Not too intelligent at all, really. Let's have a listen. He's all over the world. That although it was fast-tracked... Although it was fast-tracked... None of the actual process of testing it was sidestepped or skipped in any way. You, you know that, you understand. You know that, don't you, Charlie? You know that. What a dizzy bitch Rachel Borden is. The jobs are still in trial and they will be until 2023. Eh? Fast-tracked. They started talking about coronavirus in March of last year being a problem. Within six months, they had these jobs ready to go. They indemnified the companies that manufactured them and they issued them under emergency authorization, emergency license authorization, emergency use authorization, emergency use authorization. These vaccines, these jabs haven't been passed. They're using them under emergency use authorization, not having a clue what the effect of these things will be on people in a few months' time or a year or a year and a half. She'll have another story on her house. Billy will be proud of Rachel Borden. Anyway, Charlie, go on if you can get a word in edgeways. edgeways. It's just... I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm quite um, cautious, anyway, about about any anything like that. Good um, man. I mean, I'm, I'm like a full supporter of science and vaccines, but... He's a full supporter of science and vaccines. But uh, I just like to take precautions. Good man. Why wouldn't you like to take a precaution about this? Nobody knows what's going on, right? Right. And you... She's not happy. You understand that potentially you could get the virus and may not suffer particularly from it, but you could pass it on to someone else, even if they've been vaccinated, who could get very poorly from it. You understand that? You understand, Charlie? Do you understand, Charlie? Do you understand? I'll keep you here all day until you agree to have the jab. He said he's a supporter of vaccines, but cautious. She said, do you understand? You can get it and pass it on to somebody else. It goes on. This is this morning now on the BBC. This is the level of the BBC. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I had COVID earlier at the beginning of the year. Um, 
and thankfully I, I was lucky and kind of didn't really have any symptoms. But um, no, I, I understand. Uh, I mean, most people around around me um, have had both double vaccines. Um, In a way, you're being protected, aren't you, by the actions of other people who are prepared to get yeah, the vaccine, even yeah. though even though you're not. Wow, she's unstoppable. You're being protected by others who are prepared to get the jab, even though you're not. Rachel, Billy Gates says, forget the extra story on your house. He's building an annex and a swimming pool in your garden. At a girl, Rachel. Well done. More, there's more. Yeah, and I, I could see why maybe some people would would think that that was like a selfish decision. Um, but I, th- I think everybody's kind of entitled to, to what they what they put into their own bodies. Yes, they are entitled to decide what goes into their bodies and not. Well done, Charlie. You're doing well, son. And, and you know. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I guess it's a conversation around sort of social responsibility, acknowledging <laughs> the science and, yeah. and ultimately personal choice. Social responsibility. It's about social responsibility and acknowledging the science and personal choice. Rachel, Bill has bought you an apartment in Marbella. If you get this next question right, Bill will blow his beans all over Windows 11. Go on, girl. Um, and you, you understand the risks around long COVID as well, I would imagine. <laughs> and and yeah. plenty of young people have been affected by that. Well, I think, like, um, just just even though lockdown's ending, <laughs> I don't, like, I think people will, will probably, at my age as well, will probably forget quite quickly um, that COVID's kind of still out there. You won't be allowed to forget, Charlie. Mm. Uh, it's almost like an illusion of it going away. It is an illusion. So there's a real um, risk then of the virus so I, circulating more. Um, I, I think people just need to make sure that we don't completely forget social distancing. Oh, God. He, he, he eventually gave in. I'll do the social distancing anyway, he said. That was on BBC Radio 5 Live this morning. You can hear it through the BBC website. You can hear the entire thing. Incredible, right? Right. On the same show earlier in the day, Nikki Campbell had Linda Bald on. Why didn't you tell me you were bald? That woman. She's an academic. I'm not going to give you their credentials anymore. I, I used to be incredibly professional and I would I would tell you Linda Bald and Edinburgh University and I would give you credentials, Gabriel Scally. I'm not going to do it anymore. They don't deserve it. They're witch doctors. Witch doctors and liars, right? So Campbell, Nikki Campbell, the presenter, who won't be with Radio 5 Live's breakfast programme for much longer, apparently. Uh, he wanted to talk about some new research around hairdressing. And he told a delightful little anecdote about his own relationship with his hairdresser, Jackie. Okay, I just finally, this research is really interesting. You know, dinner parties, as I say, uh, getting a haircut and, as I say as well, visiting friends among the riskiest activities. I'm thinking getting a haircut, right? I I sit there in the chair and, right, Jackie's got this massive visor, you know, one of those, you know the masks I mean? Right, yeah. you know, like the, the Star Wars masks, right? And you know, it's an I like a silent cut. I don't know about you, Linda. I just like to sit there, and she knows that. And so there's very, there's, you've got more. It's a small danger, isn't there, going on the London Underground, for example. Then getting your haircut, yeah. So just just briefly on the haircut. If you were, both of you are wearing a face covering, and you can't, uh, I can't wear a face covering because she has to get round the back and, and right, get okay. the hair off my neck. 
Yeah, well, you, you're supposed to wear it over your nose and mouth, but I know that's difficult all the time. But actually, my hairdresser in Leith, they still had these ridiculous plastic divisions between the seats, which had a big gap at the top, which let all the air in around. They were serving no purpose at all. And those simple facial visors will prevent somebody coughing on you, but actually don't prevent, you know, airborne transmission. So there's a lot of distinctions about this. I agree, a haircut is not the most risky activity. Yeah. <laughs> haircut confusion and general confusion. <laughs> haircut confusion. Nikki Campbell there with Linda Bold. Linda Bold. You get that bit in the middle. Nikki doesn't speak to the little people. I like a silent cut. I don't know about you, Linda. I just like to sit there. And she knows that. She knows that. She knows that. Lovely bloke, Nikki. Huh? Little off the back there, Jackie. Not too much off the top. And Jackie, shut the fuck up. Lovely man. Jesus. Gabriel Scully, another witch doctor. An Irish one too. Not going to tell you his credentials. You can find them online if you want. A witch doctor and a liar. He, he, was, he was on with Sky Sarah J and me today. Gabriel Scully, this is the guy who wanted everybody to take pandemics back in 2010. 2010, 2011. Lots of people did and uh, they keep falling asleep at the most um, well at the most uh, bizarre times. Narcolepsy, yeah. Gabriel Scully. Witch doctor, lovely. Here he is, uh, holidays. The government needs to put proper support in for those industries. But what has happened, you see, over the course of the pandemic is that the virus has speeded up. It's become more infectious and more dangerous. And the sort of uh, things that were being thought about maybe early on are no longer appropriate. As, as you very correctly pointed out, the surge in cases that is taking place, but driven by this new Delta variant in, in the, for the most part, is enormous. And, and you can't change regulations that uh, quickly to keep up with that. And, and if you try and do that when people are going to places for two or three week holidays, well, some people will get caught and caught badly. So I think the government should just come clean and say, well, this summer, our big priority is to keep ourselves all safe until we get all vaccinated. <laughs> Forget about the holidays. You know, you might bring back the virus there, you know. There should only be one priority. Caught and caught badly. So I think the government should Go just on. come clean come and say, clean. well, this summer, our big priority is to keep ourselves all safe until we get all vaccinated and that we do our best to get ready for what might be a difficult autumn by improving ventilation, beefing up, improving our really failed fast, uh, fine test, trace, isolate and support system and get ready to get this virus out of our lives. And what an absolute dickhead he is. Gabriel Scully. Ridiculous. I feel most days like tweeting these people. But Twitter is useful to me insofar as I get to read your tweets during the programme. If I go after these guys, I won't be very mature about it. I will say very silly things and I will be kicked off of Twitter, which won't bother me, but I won't be able to read your comments during the programme. You'll have to get to me through the website. I'd love to spend a bit of time with Gabriel Scally, you know, and Nikki Campbell and Rachel Burden. Rachel Borden, she's going to get some surprise when she gets home from work today. Billy Gates is delighted. Patricia, my friend Patricia in Zurich says, Richie, if the people who got the jab believe that it works, they shouldn't be afraid of young Charlie. Well said, Patricia. How could Charlie be a risk to anybody? I don't, I don't know, you know. I don't know. I don't know. Hi to Caroline who says, she must have gotten a Brucey bonus for that crap, Rachel Borden. Oh yeah, and then some. Hi to Carol who says, Richie, I reckon it's 
agent provocateurs or gens provocateurs that are inciting the racism. After all, it, sits, it fits in with Black Lives Matter. Most people do not have a problem with black people. It's a bloody circus, says Carol. Carol, you are right. The vast majority of people are totally unconcerned with somebody's ethnicity. You are right. However, what social media does is it does bring out the worst in people when they are pissed. Now, by the worst, I don't mean racism. If you're pissed out of your brains and you send a monkey picture to Marcus Rashford, after a game that England lose, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're racist. Controversial thing for me to say, I'm well aware. Racism is a genuine and a profoundly held belief that somebody from a different background, a different ethnicity to you, is basically less intelligent. Um, is maybe morally compromised because they are from a different ethnic background and are not as good or as important as you, that you shouldn't be surrounded by them or you shouldn't be near them. That's a very crass definition. And some people probably think like that, but I'd say it's probably one in a million, probably. You know, I live in Salford. Salford, for most of its time, was largely white. Now you, you, you increasingly see people from different backgrounds. Nobody cares. People have enough to be getting on with in their own lives. Life is so difficult for people, they don't have time. It's like the lovely farmer in Father Ted, when everybody thinks that Father Ted Crilly is a racist because he put a lampshade on his head, narrowed his eyes and said, I'm Chinese, if you please. Out of the house comes Ted. There's a farmer in the field, asks him about the racism, and the farmer says, well, I don't have much time for the racism myself, Father. I'm busy with the farm, and in the evening, I like to have a cup of tea. That's how most people are. They don't have any time for racism. None. You don't look at people and see black. You don't see Asian. You don't. You just see a person. But there are idiots around. And some of the stuff that originated in England on Sunday was immature, childish dipsticks that were pissed up on Stella couldn't accept that England lost another penalty shootout. I know, I'll send a monkey emoji to one of the players who missed the penalties. That doesn't necessarily constitute dyed-in-the-wool racism. Now, if you're black and you listen to me, and until now you thought I was kind of okay, you can phone me in a minute on the phone-in, and you can tell me why I'm wrong, and I will not interrupt you. I'll let you speak, as I always do. There isn't systemic racism in this country. There might have been. We remember no blacks, no dogs, no Irish. Or no Irish, no dogs, no blacks. Remember those days. That's proper racism. You know, that was real racism. You can't come in here because, well, you're scum. Why? Well, because you're black. That was genuine racism. But that doesn't exist. David Curtin told a lovely story last night on the programme of when he was younger, a guy sits next to him on a bench and starts talking about him being tarred. Scumbag, right? Fast forward into the 90s, a guy uses the N-word in a pub and everybody in the pub turns around and says to the guy, get out of here, you dickhead. There's no systemic racism here. Maybe I'm gaslighting people. I tell people not to gaslight me. Maybe I am. If you think I am, well, fill your boots. Come on the programme. The Skype thingamajig to reach me is chat with Richie, all one word, chat with or I-C-H-I-E, that is. It's 0161818 0161818 The meme is on richieallen.co.uk And if you're outside the country and you need to phone... 
Oh, I don't recommend it. It's plus four four one six one eight one eight two zero one eight. I'm swallowing water and swallowing oxygen at the same time. Like I said, I'm open to be criticised. I don't mind, you know. I don't know everything. I know nothing. Darren says he's watching France today. They're the world heavyweight champions of protesting. I hope they're on form, says Darren. You know, Darren, this week the French president, Emmanuel Macron, told the country's healthcare workers if they weren't jabbed by September 15th, they'd be fined and they would lose their jobs. France is not what France was, you know. Largely, the French resigned themselves to getting the jabs, I think. I'd love to be proved wrong, you know. Rob says, Richie, they've never stated that you pass on less virus if you've been fake jabbed. So killing a granny is still possible, jabbed or not, says Rob, if you go by their... If you go by their mantra, Rob. You're right, that's their mantra. You're absolutely spot on. And of course, it's nonsense. It's garbage. But what are you going to do? Juno says, Richie, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. People who always look for racism find it. Very good point. Don't forget, children are being taught in schools about things like microaggressions. This is now, you're now in the realms of so wacky, it doesn't even deserve the music, right? You're in the realms of teaching children that when you are saying something, and the child across the room rolls their eyes, it might not be that they just totally disagree with that which you are saying, hence the eye rolling. No, no, that might be a microaggression because you're from a different ethnic background. I'm not lying. They're teaching children this. So what do you get? You get children growing up thinking everybody's against them going looking for the microaggressions, looking for signs that I might be being prejudiced, that, 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 that the guy I'm speaking with might have, have a prejudice against me. They're teaching him this. Instead of teaching them the bleeding obvious, little Johnny and little Nicola. You know what, Johnny and Nicola, most people you'll meet through the course of your life, and I do mean most, they're A-OK. You'll get on with them. You will, you will cooperate with them. You will make friends of some of them. Do you know what? Every now and then you're going to encounter an absolute dipstick. You know what you do then? You turn your back on them. And you move on to the plentiful, the bountiful other peoples who are nice and don't give a shit that you're from a different ethnic background. But no, they're teaching them the opposite. Everybody's out to get you. Microaggressions. There is systemic racism. We have to make reparations for things that happened in the 17th, 18th and 19th century. Madness, this stuff. Very little opposition to it anywhere, you know. So, I will take a tune. When I come back, I will have open Skype. It isn't open yet. I will open Skype in the telephone line. I'm going to ask you. Be brief. I'm not going to kick you off after 60 seconds. But say what you came to say. And then move on, because I want to get as many callers on as possible. I want to hear from care workers who are, no doubt, their heads are still spinning in light of what they heard last night out of the House of Commons. That MPs have voted to start the process to mandate jabs for healthcare workers, for care home workers, uh, from October. It is terrible. I think I said on the website today, it's paradoxically unsurprising 
but also shocking at the same time. You know, we thought it was coming, didn't we? We knew it was coming, but at the same time you're thinking, this is horrendous, this. Wow. This is your Richie Allen Show, 28 and a half minutes to 6 o'clock. The phone lines will be open in exactly 45 seconds. Please be succinct. Let's get as many callers on as we can. This is a bit of silliness, but I like it. Right, let's move on very quickly then. Lots and lots of calls coming in. Pepper is first up. Pepper is a black gentleman and he's in Manchester. Pepper, how you doing? I hope you've not muted your mic inadvertently. Are you there, Pepper? We're connected, but I'm not hearing anything. Are you there, Pepper? Tell you what we'll do. He'll get his mic sorted out and we'll come right back to him momentarily. We'll do that. We've got Liam up next. Liam uh, is Gail's son. Now, Gail is a listener to the programme who tweets the programme quite a bit. We'll get Liam on. Liam, you're welcome to the programme. How are you? I don't know what's going on today. Maybe it's the volume of calls we have uh, coming in. There's a lot of calls coming in. Let's try Pepper again. We'll see if we get Pepper on. And then we'll, we'll go to the phone lines if we can't do that. Folks, remember, if you're calling from Skype, make sure your microphone isn't muted. If you do that, that'd be great. Are you there, Pepper? No, he isn't. This is very mysterious. Any other day of the week, I'd say that this was basically car crash radio. But because it's me, I won't say that. Well, because I'm a genius of the airwaves. Let's go to the phone lines. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? It is Liam, is it? Something is going wrong. It might be something my end, but I don't think it is. In fact, I'm pretty sure it isn't. Anyway, look, let's let's go to the phones then. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Hello, Richard. Hello, who am I speaking with? Hello, my name's Robert. Robert, welcome to the programme, my friend. What would you like to say? I would like to talk about medical professionals with absolutely no idea of the danger of this vaccine and what it's doing to people. You're talking about the people administering it, Robert? Administering it, doctors. I, in the last, well, yesterday I went to my health centre and I put them on notice that what they're doing is illegal by not telling people of the dangers, and they didn't even know the dangers. That's medical professionals. They didn't even know. How do you know? The they, how do you know they didn't know? Did somebody tell you well, that they I didn't know? Because I asked them about the yellow card reporting system, and they didn't even know. So these people are so, they're so uneducated that they, they actually thought I I was uh, crazy like. They thought you were crazy, even though even though crazy. the evidence the evidence is with you. Uh, of course, it is, Robert. Is there, yeah. yeah, it's right there. It's yeah, absolutely insanity. And tell I'm me about this place, Robert. Tell me about this place. Is it busy? Is it busy with people queuing up to get the jab or people turning up? Right. I went on Saturday. Actually, I went to the Cali. I live in the Highlands of Scotland. I went to the Cali the Cali Stadium. They were doing a. a uh, pop up boxing on Saturday, and I turned in that corner, and there must have been probably a thousand people in a line. A thousand, uh, easy, and they were all young. And I went into that line, and I caused a bit of a scene. And I just asked them, "Do you know anything about the yes, Look, our reporting system." Yeah. And none of them, 
None of them knew that she. Thanks for telling me they were young, because that was my next question. Because it's, they were all young. They're terrifying the young now, aren't they? Well, they're telling them that well, you're not going anywhere. You know, you won't get to a nightclub. You won't go on holiday. And it seems to have lit a fire under young people. I ran past the vaccination centre in Salford again this morning, and I have to say, just like you, Robert, they seem to be very young going in there. That's terrifying. Yeah. Where's their Where's their immune system? What? Why are Why is nobody telling them they've got their own immune system? I, no, no idea. When I was not, when I went and charged some people on that line, one of the guys says to me, "Well, what what would what what would you suggest to get out of this?" I says, "Not putting that poison in you for a start, buddy. Yeah. Do some research, man. Something so important." A nation has never been so uneducated. Now, hang it's on. Terrifying. Hang on. You might be right that the majority of youngsters might be scared. But are we overlooking the possibility, Robert? There may be there, there may be a sizable portion of them who are reluctant to get it. Maybe like Charlie that was on BBC Radio 5 this morning. But, but, yes. but they want to go on holiday. But they want to go on holiday. They want to go to uni. They want to go to the nightclub. They want to go to the concert. See, yeah. See, the thing is, my daughter has been accepted to nursing college in September. Uh, and I am worried sick, right? I know that they're going to make that as an a, a employment... Uh, um, requirement. Yes. For the, her to go into that, start that nursing. And I am worried sick. So I went to my health centre yesterday and I put them on notice what they're doing. I told them of the injuries. And then I went to another one today. And I'll be going to another one tomorrow. I even phoned the police today, Richie. Did you? Did and I asked... What did you say to the police? I asked the police today. I, I didn't say anything about the COVID job. I said, what is the, what is the, what is the law with a doctor giving a, a medication that's not required and it's hurting people? What is the law and not? And she says, well... <coughs> and then she, it was her put onto the COVID-19. And as soon as that came out, she wasn't interested. She wasn't interested. At all. You're worried. You interested They're not interested. You're worried about your daughter. I can say, in the last 24 hours, two good friends of mine, who won't be mentioned, both of them got in touch with me to say that one of their children in their early 20s oh. has had the job. And they're devastated because they are aware of the things that you're aware of and that I'm aware fertility, of. Fertility. The danger, just the whole danger of the whole thing. You know, I mean, I've seen, I've seen the the, the video of the, the Japanese autopsy, and that that spike proteins are going to their ovaries. That's for that, that's that for a reason. Isn't so there an American? Isn't there an American doctor who said recently? I think Fox News covered it. He said that. He, he, they, luckily the girl lived luckily the girl lived but they found they found a clot in the brain of a young girl and apparently yeah. it was like an explosion he said he'd never seen anything like it before after well, having it, one it, of the jobs it's causing terrible blood clots but I also seen another one a doctor in Canada said that blood clots are that small they're not actually getting picked up but once they get a build up off of them it could be too late trouble. it could be too late you know what I mean if that goes into your heart your brain you're dead so I, I'm worried sick about my daughter. That's why I don't know. I can, can I ask Robert? Sorry, can, can I ask? Has she given you an indication if it is required of her to have it? Has she given you any indication as what she well, might she, do? 
I'm not going to lie to you. My daughter at the moment is pretty angry with me because of COVID. Because it because, is. Because of what I know, she just she won't listen. She doesn't want to know. She's scared and she doesn't want to know. So you have to tread and, very carefully, don't you? I'm, I'm, I'm on eggshells all the time with her. But I, I'm so scared of her taking it. I, I, I honestly, I am worried sick. So if this goes to September and you just keep ignoring the effects of this, the, the devastation it's causing, they're going to make her take that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I honestly don't know what to do. Like in the EU, it's 17,500 deaths. Already, and that's and that might that's be grossly underestimated. It yes. might very well be, yeah, yeah. Same as Britain, same as Britain, because that, that there's no way I believe it's only fourteen hundred odd deaths. That's just stupidly insane. I live where I live in the Highlands. It's a, it's a place of about five thousand people, and where, there's an ambulance depot about a mile away. She sends it all out with this vaccine, Richie. Right, I'm healing easy two a day, sometimes four a day. And see, before this, carry on. I'd be lucky to heard one a week. You know what I mean? So, so you can't be sure it's to do with vaccine injuries, but at the same no, time, you have to wonder why. You know what I mean? Yeah, you have to wonder There's why. There's a lot of coincidences going on in this country at the moment. Robert, can I say to you, can I say to you, fair play to you for having the, the, the balls to, to go and speak to people and do it in... You know, do it in a, in, well, in a, in a you know in, in a way with courtesy. I mean, the best to look with your daughter. I'm hearing it from so many people that I know. I don't know what else to say to you. I'm getting bombarded with calls, so I'm going to move on. No but problem. but yeah, but if there's something else you want to say briefly before we move on, say it now. And thanks yeah. for your call. I know we spoke before sometime you and I. I'm sure we did. But um, if there's something else you'd like to say, now's your time, my friend, and we'll move on. And it's been a brilliant call, by the way. Thank you. No, that's, that's all I wanted to say. I'm, I just wanted you to know that the medical professionals who are giving out this bloody poison do not know don't what know. it's doing to people. Robert, they look after know. yourselves. They don't know. Th- and that's the thing. We've got to think about that. A lot of them don't. They're blindly taking this yeah. stuff and giving it to people. And I wonder and if they people, knew. Sorry, that people I went to speak to yesterday and today. Didn't know. They both had it. So straight away they're on the, the back foot on me. You know what I mean? They, they've had it. So... It's worrying times, buddy. Good luck. But I tell you what, I love your show. Well, thanks for saying that, but do me a favour. Privately, keep me in, in the loop about what happens with um, your daughter, mate. I understand why you're worried about that. A lot of people are worried about their children. Yeah. Thanks for your candid, for being so candid, Robert, and look after yourself. Thank you, Richie. It's been a pleasure. No, it's been my pleasure, mate. Thanks. Brilliant call there from, from Robert. Look, lots and lots of calls coming in. Make sure if you're on Skype now that you your microphone isn't muted, right? I'm going to try and get back to those callers that um, that um, we missed earlier on. Um, Julia was trying to get through. Let's see, can we get Julia on the line? It's chat with Richie on Skype. 0161 818 2018. That's the phone number. Chat with Richie on Skype. And uh, look at the backlog of calls. There's about 30 different calls there trying to get through. And I'm trying to answer them in sequence. Uh, I think we've got Julia on the line. Julia, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Nice to speak to you. Thanks for for phoning in. Um, You've got the floor now, so what would you like to say? Um, Basically, I work in social care. Um, So looking at the government's um, response to the petitions parliament, I'm going to be next in terms of mandating vaccines because it starts with carers. They're now saying they're looking at the rollout for the NHS and social care. The issue with mandating these vaccines for care home staff and social care 
is the sector can't recruit at the moment. Everywhere is massively short-staffed. Right. They're now mandating this, which is going to mean that a lot of people walk. I spoke to an ex-colleague who works in a care home last night, very senior, brilliant carer. He's walking. He won't have the jab. Um, And this is actually going to result, really sadly, in residents dying because they're not going to have the staff there to look after them. Nobody to look after them. And last night, I believe, Julie, I think I might have mentioned this earlier on, I was reading the Telegraph story earlier. Didn't didn't some of the MPs who voted against it, didn't they warn Sajid Javid that this might happen, that there might be a huge shortage in staff because lots of staff just won't want to take it and will leave, just as you said, they were warned about this to government? Um, I'm not aware of MPs doing that, but that's because I've been working. You're so working I'm not hard, yeah. Up to date on some of the uh, news that's come in the last 24 hours, but I just know that that is what's going to happen. Um, in my job, I think about 25% to 30% of the staff that I work with will walk will if walk. the job is mandated. And Julia, and do you do you love your job? I love absolutely love my job. Um, I've been working in social care for about five, six years now. Um, and I'm, I'm absolutely devastated. To be honest, how things are going in this country, I'd like to leave. But this tyranny is everywhere now. Where it? would so we where go? Where would we go? If you find an island somewhere in the South Pacific, Julia, I'm, I'm there with you. I'll row. I'll do the rowing. Yeah. Me, me and my other half. So I'm not just saying this now. This is not in any way, you know, kissing your backside. What you do is astonishing. And I know this because when I lived in Fallowfield, there was a wonderful woman living next door to us in her, in her early 90s. And um, she, she used to be, Dorothy was her name, she used to be a bank uh, manager. And she'd retired and she was living on her own. And she could only have that independence because of people like you. And she had a carer that would come every day and I got to know the lady and she was wonderful. It's a wonderful thing to do. What a wonderful job. And you're saying you could be 30% down if this is enacted, this law. And it, yeah. I think it will be. So yeah, I, I, it, at least 30% down. I think some care homes will be worse. Um, the ex-colleague I spoke to last night, I know that the shift that he's on, which is like a, a night shift, um, that a lot of the staff that he works don't want to have the job and will not be having it under any circumstances. So they're going to lose a whole night shift. They're losing night shift. Whole night shift. But 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 you know, let's be honest about it. It's a devastating thing for seniors who need to be looked after. But it's also mm-hmm. devastating for the carers because I'm sure, yeah. like everybody else, Julia, you have a family, you have bills to pay. I mean, you, by the sounds of it, it's going to sound like a stupid question. You leave the profession, won't you? Yes, hundred percent. I'm not having it. Um, I'm, and it annoys me because you'll get you get called anti-vax. I'm not anti-vax. It's the fact it's an experimental treatment. There's no long-term data. There's been so many deaths. Um, I, I'm a very long-term listener. I've been listening to you for years, That's and I heard Wayne's interview the other day. You know, the MPs are asking people to risk death, permanent disability or injury. Some of these carers are 18, 19, 20, and you're asking them to do that. 
and you have the vaccine it doesn't stop you from getting it it doesn't no. stop you from passing it on no and this is what most people just do not understand that it's it's not that people are being selfish we have to look after our own health because if we're in poor health after taking the vaccine which is, again is what i think is going to happen with a lot of staff then you're going to have shortages from that as well. So the vaccinated staff that keep going off sick because it's affected their immune system is going to affect care as well. So you get a perfect storm. Obvious yeah. question is, are you a member of a union? And if so, what does the union think about this? I'm not a member of a union. I, this is a, a big issue. I don't think most carers are. Right. Um, and I know, I mean, in terms of sort of unfair treatment, I know that care homes started that a few months ago. Um, for example, I was told um, by one staff member that uh, vaccinated people, if they were pinged and they were told they had to self-isolate, would be paid full salary. Um, those who are unvaccinated and were pinged and told they had to self-isolate would be on statutory sick pay of £90 a week. That's madness. So it's it, it basically it's it's just blackmail. They know that people have got bills to pay, um, rent, mortgages, whatever, and so they're thinking, okay, we'll do this. It's it, the carrot thing is stopped now. It's it's stick all the way. And have you thought? I'm sure you have thought. You said that maybe thirty percent, and if it's thirty percent in in your own area, it might very well be thirty percent around the country. It's a stupid question again because you have to worry about anonymity and you have to worry about kind of retaliation. But have you thought about trying to mobilise the many other people who work in social care and who work in care homes who do not want to have it but love their jobs and want to keep their jobs? Have you thought about trying to do something collectively? I have. I mean, I've been looking on Twitter. I think the big thing we need is we need lawyers, don't we? More yeah. than anything, it needs to it needs to be going to court. Um, I am booking my train fare up to London for the 24th because I finally have a day off um, when a protest is on. So I shall be going. Um, so it would be good if any protest organisers are listening. Maybe they could have a section for uh, carers specifically so that we can march and show that we're not accepting this. Um, but as I say, my, my, my big thing, yes, I... I'd be devastated to lose my job. I know colleagues are, there are a lot of jobs where I live, fortunately. So, um, but saying that, I do think having a look at the response to the petitions at Parliament, this isn't going to stop with carers. It goes to NHS, it goes to social care, then it'll go to supermarket workers, hairdressers. It's going to be no job, no jab. No jab, no job. You hit the nail on the head, Julia. You hit the nail on the head. May I ask you, you mentioned earlier on about so many young, young, I shouldn't say youngsters, but young adults working in care. Are they any good? I ask that because I made probably another stupid comment some months ago about the job being more suitable for a more, for a more grown up person. By grown up, I mean people in their 30s and older. You know, I wondered about, you know, if my granddad, for example, you know, if a, if, if a 19 or a 20 year old was going around to look after him every day, I just wondered. So there's no better woman task than yourself, Julia. Are they any good? What's the standard like amongst the youngsters? Do they care? Are they good at their jobs? Um, I don't think, I don't think it is an age thing, to be honest. I think it's whether you're suitable for the job. It's to do with having 
the caring nature, having the patience. Yeah. Um, you do find with care jobs the the, the rate that staff leave. Um, it's very very common for people to do the job for three to six months and find it's too hard. Yes, it's great to have older carers. However, particularly in care homes, it is such a physically demanding job. I cannot. I I I feel so sorry for those staff. God knows how they have coped wearing masks because. Oh my God, yeah. You know, you get hot and sweaty anyway, wearing that mask on top of that when you're doing personal care, turning really, really hard, heavy work, uh, thankless work, and you've got a mask on on top of that must be unbearable. So I, I would have thought that a lot of staff have left already. I know it's in terms of sort of getting agency staff. I think that's getting harder and harder to do. So it's. Yeah, it, back it, to the perfect it, it's storm. Again. It's going to be awful this winter. I just I don't want to think about what's going to happen. Do me a favor. I think you sent a message through the website earlier. Um, I I, did, yeah. I'll, I'll grab that. So I'll send you an email in the next couple of days because I want to stay in touch with you because I'd like you to come back on the the regular program as this progresses. Julia, you're obviously very intelligent and articulate, and you're articulating something that, well, let's say hundreds, maybe thousands of carers are thinking today in light of what happened yesterday. So I'd like to stay in touch with you. All I can say for the moment is the very best of luck with it. I, I can hear how worried you are in your own voice. So um, I, I just wish you the best. And uh, Thank you. do stay in touch, Julia. And thanks for, for, for getting in touch today. That's great. Thanks very much. Yep. And I love your show. It's brilliant. It's keeping me sane, knowing that there are other people that know what's actually going on, because you often feel that you're on one your of the few people that realises what's happening. And it's I, I've, I've actually lived in um, a, a totalitarian state for a few months, many years ago. And I can see what's happening because I've, I've seen it. And people just don't seem to understand that that's where we're at now. No, they don't. Julia, thanks a million. That was Julia there. Julia works in social care. She's not working in a care home. Uh, she she pointed out she's not working in a care home, but um, is in social care and believes that inevitably social care will be next. Well, why wouldn't it? Social carers, as I said a moment ago, talking about Dorothy, they are, well, they're, they're invaluable in the community. They help um, older people stay in their own homes, ultimately. You know, who, the people that are not ready to go into care. They, they, you know, they're compass mentis, God love them. They're still able to take care of themselves, but they're frail and need a bit of help with the, with the washing, maybe, with the cleaning, maybe, and company. And social carers are amazing, really. I'll never forget that young woman whose name I can't remember who used to go and see our next-door neighbour. What a fabulous lady she was. It's to the mobile phones now. I'm going to get Pepper back on. We, we couldn't speak with Pepper. I am going to get Luke on. I will come to everybody. I will indeed. To the mobile now. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? I am Diane. How are you doing, Diane? I think we spoke um, some time ago, didn't we? Yeah, we did a long time. A long time ago. Welcome back, Diane. Good to chat with you. What would you like to say about what we've been talking about? Well, I'm a healthcare worker. And there's no way I am being coerced into taking a jab. No way. Just like Julia, you're not going to have it. No chance. No. No. Um, the reasons being, as we all know, it's still under trial. So I can't make informed consent on something that's still under trial. How can you do that? You can't. Um, I won't be dictated to by anyone what goes into my body. 
no chance. Who are these? Who do these people think they are? Tell me, um, tell me, D- D- Diane. Like like Julia was saying, thirty percent or more colleagues in in agreement with her or feel the same as she does. What are you hearing? Are you are you, are you alone in saying that you won't have the jab, or are there others who work in care that you're in contact with? Well, a lot of them um, who work in care they don't really discuss it. Some some have made announcements about the jab. Not because I don't think they felt coerced to. They've just gone along with the propaganda. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people in the NHS working in the hospitals who are very vocal, and they're saying no chance, none whatsoever. Um, so, yeah, I would say there's quite a few people saying no to this. So like Julia said then, this looks like it's going to be a thing. So by October, they're going to say that care home workers and anybody who needs to go into a care home to do some work, like a hairdresser, like a maintenance person, they will have to have the job. So if it goes through, many of these people are going to leave and that's going to be catastrophic for for those who need to be cared for, Diane. Is that how you see it? Oh, definitely, yeah. Definitely, Richie. I mean, to be honest, I think this this um, dictatorship government of occupation we've got in at the moment, I think they don't give a damn about the old people. They don't. You know, protecting the vulnerable, protecting the old people, all that rubbish. They don't give a damn. Rubbish, I mean, it only yeah. proves what happened when, when the first bloody lockdown happened and they sent them all into the care homes and They're they all talking died. rubbish, aren't they? It's rubbish to say they give a yeah. damn about the elderly. You're yeah. ba- bang on, Diane. Last year, and, they dumped people into care homes thing, and killed them. Yeah. Exactly. And another thing people have missed altogether is the way the coercion of forcing people to work till they drop Right. They've already upped the pension age to 66, Richie. That's right. And they're not going to stop at that. Now, they're talking about protecting vulnerable people. You could put that cohort of women and men in the 60s who end up in, in working in care. They worked all through this so-called <laughs> pandemic. Um, it, it It's what do you call it? Is it an oxymoron or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. It's contradictory yeah. language. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So people have got to step back, look at what they're saying, which doesn't coincide with what they're doing. What they're doing, yeah. Well, look, um, it's only back. been, don't forget, Diane, it's only been three months since Nadim Zahawi, the so-called vaccine minister, said that coercing people into taking a vaccine was un-British and it's not the sort of thing that we'll be doing. Roll on a few months and here we are. We're telling care home workers that they must have it or they'll lose their jobs. Yeah. 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 I think it's because uh, I think it's because they haven't got the um, uptake of the vaccine that they thought they would. That's interesting. So they're using every trick in the book. I, I don't believe the figures where they say, oh, you know, uh, we've got... Is it 60% they were saying? Now, it's funny you mentioned that. Today, 
they claimed that two-thirds of all adults in the country have had their second jab now. That's the claim. Two-thirds of all adults have had two jabs. Yeah. yeah. And you don't believe it. So, You're not buying it. Now, what I do is well, I listen to the figures, Anna Harvey. <laughs> so, that's oh, that's oh. a scientific method anyway. I just cut it in half <laughs> off the top of my head. So so let's. I don't need. Do you know how bad I am at fractions? I couldn't tell you what what half of two thirds is. It's a third, I'm isn't it? <laughs> it's a third. You big idiot, Richie. So so you reckon it might only be thirty percent or thirty three percent? Yeah, I do. I think because of the panic and the way the coercion and the way they're trying to get people to take it. I mean. There's all kinds of reasons people could think, you know, they've all got shares in the pharmaceuticals. They've all got this, that and the other fingers in the pie. So the more that this this on-trial gene therapy is rolled out and put into people's arms, the more money they make. Well, money is one part of it, but of course you and I probably suspect it's far more sinister than just money. Oh, definitely, yeah. Sinister, I mean, yeah. you've only got... I've been onto the yellow card. I mean, I can tell you stories about the way I've been hounded and harassed by my doctors. Oh, the funny thing was, Richie, uh, a few months ago, I don't know whether anyone else has told you this, I got a phone call of a lady, very, very nice lady. I felt sorry for her, actually. And she said she was a volunteer. Right. I said, oh, yeah. And she went... Um, it's just that the uptake in your area where you live is very, very low. Well, well. Take up the vaccine. And I said to her, you know, the Liverpool yeah. humour. I said, oh, maybe that's because we've all got brains. <laughs> <laughs> because we've got brains here. Scousers have <laughs> so brains. She, <laughs> she went all quiet. So was this anyway. a persuader, Diane? Was this a persuader who phoned you? Yeah, up? it was a persuader. A persuader. A doctor. I got in touch with her and um, these were the persuaders. So she she was very nice and I felt sorry for yeah. her. She sounded embarrassed. Anyway, she went through everything, but I was called clued up. Well, I'm sorry, no. I've looked at the yellow cards. Um, it's still on trial. Uh, we don't know if it's safe. They keep saying it's safe. How do you know something's safe yeah. if it's still on trial? I said, it's like someone selling me a car. Oh, by the way, it's just come off the... Um, Assembly belt. Um, we don't know whether it's safe because you know it's a, the first car on the road. Absolutely. And was that the last time she phoned you? Just before I move on, because I'm getting lots of calls. Was that the last you heard from them? I've one more question for you. Yeah. Way. It was the yeah. last time, was it? So you gave them the proper information, uh, the real uh, truth about it, and and they've not bothered you since. I want to ask you this before yeah. I move on, Diane, if you don't mind. I, I'm getting so many calls, I've got to move on. I'm terrible. I, I, okay. I, I tell the listeners, I'll just take a call for two minutes and then I just get... I, I love listening to people, so and I genuinely do. So here's the question for you. Like Julia then, before you, yeah. what will it mean for you? If, it, if it's mandated, I know you're going to leave your job, what what will that mean for you? You you having to leave your it, job? It will mean that I've got my self-respect and I've stood up to the bullies. Brilliant. You wouldn't be worried about, you, you know, I hate to ask this, but, you know, would you be worried about your finances, your bills? Would that oh, be a problem? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't think that way now, Richie, because I'm looking at the consequences if I don't. If you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. What are the consequences? I'm going to 
yeah, I could end up like that poor man I listened to on the phone to him yesterday um, with, Wayne. with the brain. Wayne, that's right, and yeah. I thought, God, you know, I mean, imagine being maimed and, and, and you know, worse, killed by this. And, and Wayne, Wayne is an intelligent man and he's obviously a very decent man. And yeah. why why would you suspect anything? You know, I, like I said, I've been lucky. I've met people over the years. I've read things. That's just pure luck. It doesn't mean I'm brighter or that you're brighter than anybody else. We've been fortunate. Wayne didn't see the materials that I've seen or that you've no. seen. He's a nice fella. And he thinks, right, yeah, I'll, I'll get jabbed. Yeah, if if they say it's decent and it's it's good, I'll, I'll do it. And, um, and, and look at the consequences, that's you know. Right. That's right, Richie. I mean, there's certain people who... Through no fault of their own, they just, you know, it's, it's the way your, your mind is. I mean, I've always been questioning, even when I was younger. I used to get in trouble in school for questioning things. My mum was always getting called up to school, cousin me. And I always questioned everything, and I would always listen to two sides and... You know, that type Before of thing. making your mind up. I tell you what, I want to move so, on because I'm getting hammered with calls. Thanks for sharing that with us. Really <laughs> lovely to chat with you again. It's been a long time since we heard from you. But um, really Aww. valuable stuff, Diane. Really valuable. Thanks so much for it. Oh, well, keep up the good way and thanks for giving the voice to, um, you know, the people who can see through the bullshit. <laughs> Anytime. That's a great way to finish it. Thanks, Diane. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen to that. You just get straight talking. You get straight talking in Liverpool. I'm going to try and get Pepper on the programme and then I'm going to try and get um, Luke on because we were trying to reach, we were trying to speak with him earlier on. But um, if I can do that, let's see, can I do that? Uh, right. We'll try it this time. Are you there, Pepper? Can you hear me? Ah, look at that. There you are. Tell oh, tell the oh, truth now. Tell the truth. The mic wasn't plugged in. Is that right? No, I... so basically, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. So um, I've got this This computer as a Mac, and I don't usually use Skype. I use Microsoft Teams. Ah, that's so I, I, I've got a password, and I was like, oh, forget it. I, I'll talk to Richie another day. And then you were like, any black guy that does that used to like me and doesn't like me anymore, come talk to me now. And I'm like, oh, no, like, <laughs> I have to talk. Not that I don't like you anymore, Richie. You're, you're still I threw the challenge down and, and you <laughs> took it. Now, first off the bat, right, you mentioned in a message you sent me that you'd like to talk about something that we're not talking about today. So I'm going to censor you. We're not okay. going to talk about that today, but I promise you we will get into it in the future. And my okay. word is gold. I want to talk about two things because you do care for somebody. So that's hugely important. But the racism thing, I promise I'm not going to argue. I promise I'm not going to editorialise. Um, what you've been hearing on this programme about the abuse of Rashford and Saka and, and Sancho, you're, um, you're a black gentleman, you live in Manchester. What's your opinion? Yeah, so basically I live in Newcastle now. I used to live in Manchester. I actually tried to come find you, I think, once upon a time, but we'll get into that another time. Yeah. Basically, um, I, I'm not into football. I'm not a football fan. I'm a basketball fan. However from the whole BLM crazy black thing that's going on. Uh, I see it as realistically over the decades, they've put images into the population's mind of what different races, the different stereotypes of races through movies, through film, uh, through movies, through music, through comedy, during just general stereotypes. And now that those seeds have been implanted in us, they're now, now they're, they're saying that we are the source of that of that image, where that image hasn't come from us. We like kids are yeah. racist. I mean, like kids just play, but what you feed into them is what they kind of bring back out. So I feel like these um, 
I mean, football is a massive cultural thing uh, in the UK and around the world. So it brings out the kid in everyone, realistically. So whatever that's been programmed into you growing up as a child, teenager, whatever, then gets reflected back in these societies, like these things that we do in society, whether it's a football match, whether it's in music, whether it's cultural, whatever it is, I feel like that is a major component in it. So for me, I mean, yes, like, I mean, racism, again, the, the word racism to me is a misnomer. I feel like we're using this word so many times. What does it that. mean, Pepper? What does racism mean? What does okay. somebody need to be to be racist? What do you need right, okay. to, to do? It, right, and now this is the standpoint I take it. Now, whether my logic's flawed or not, it's it makes sense in my head. So you've got the animal kingdom and you've got the human race. Those are the two things that really run in stuff. Animals, I mean, you can argue the way animals, but whatever. Animal kingdom, human race. So for racism to be a thing, to even exist in the first place, that means A, you're not human, and B, you're not from, you're not from this planet, realistically. So if there's Martians amongst us, then yes, racism, racism exists, because you've got the Martian race and the human race. What we're actually talking about when we're talking about racism, we're talking about discrimination and prejudice within various ethnicities or minorities. I mean, yeah. that's what we're actually talking about. That's what we're, that's the topic at hand. If you're, if you're, you're the, only, the only way you would be talking about racism is if, is if you were saying that you're not human. Like, is, if you're saying you're human, then racism is a thing. So I feel like these words, and I think uh, how I got into you in the first place, Richie, I'll be honest with you, when you started, uh, when you were years back, you were interviewing, I think, Jordan Maxwell, and he was talking about how words are manipulating like society. Yeah. And how how they go how he goes into like the, the history of how from day one words have been there to 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 distort reality to a certain degree. I feel like um, and then you see stuff like a Brave New World where they talk about we want to reduce the vocabulary to a certain amount of words or whatever. Uh, that's a key component, and in doing so, in doing they've done it with what they've done with race, and now they're doing with gender and all these other things. Races was kind of one of the first things that people could be like, hang on you're not me. You mean the first division, if you were. Yeah. So I just feel like it's one of the oldest tricks in the book, but it's a, it's a, a one that they can, they've had so much practice at manipulating it. Now they can just flip the script instead of black people being the bad, the bad race, whatever. Now they can just be like, okay, well, we did that for a couple of hundred or thousand years. Now we can just flip it and try and make it seem like white people are bad guys. And now we can get a good another hundred thousand years out of this. Or what you mean, like, as in, that's yeah. how I see it. Now, it's really know. interesting that I've never heard that theory put like that before and I'm not patronising it for a minute. It's really interesting. We're the same, regardless of whether you have black skin and I have white skin. We are the same. We're humans on this planet. And um, you, you differentiate um, between racism, the, the term racism and discrimination and prejudice and how that has been used to divide people over the years. But the, it, it must be the case, though, and and this is not me now being devil's advocate. It must be the case that, like, if you're in a minority group within the human race, you know, if 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 black people make up three percent of the population or four percent or whatever, it, yeah. it must be the case that you will experience prejudice along the way because most of the rest of us are white. And if kind of birds of a feather do tend to flock together, surely it must be the case that somewhere along the, the road, Pepper, somebody like you, right, smart guy, capable guy, might lose out because you're not white. Oh, yeah. And it's 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 definitely, I mean, it's definitely happened in, in what well, lose out is the wrong guy. I've had, I've had encounters where, because of my personality, I can kind of just laugh them off. I used to work in a bar 
and there used to be a guy that used to come in all the time, he used to call him trousers because he used to wear very loud, very, very loud trousers all the time. And he used to say outrageous things that at the time I was like, well, if I was someone else, I can imagine someone getting offended, but I'm not that kind of guy. Yeah. He's asking if I've seen snow before or, or if um, he's, he's saying that I speak quite well, the education systems have done wonders. And I'm thinking, well, this is an old, an elderly gent. So in his oh, world, right. that's, that's not, there's nothing wrong with what I'm saying. But realistically, I, I've got to forgive him for that because in the world he grew up with, that's, that was perfect logic. You mean, so that, that was, so for me, it'd be more, as opposed to be like, oh, well, you shouldn't be saying that, rah, 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 blah, okay, realistically, as a human being to another human being, I can understand his point of view. And I'm not, I don't feel like he's not stopping me from doing anything from saying those comments. Now that's different from me going somewhere and me not being allowed access to some to, yeah, to yeah. a resource that everyone else has access to because of the color of my skin. You just thinking, oh, well, black people like chicken, which is a stereotype. And yeah, to be yeah, honest, it's yeah. kind of true to like, I think these stereotypes. Like, <laughs> I know, but we all like chicken. chicken. But you know what, can like, I just I mean, say, can I, I just know, say? As, as in, yeah, like everyone loves chicken. But if you would put like how I see it, when it comes to these things, yeah, like and to anyone listening, um, I think this is a pretty good measure of how to figure out whether, I mean, you're actually being racist or not or whatever, whatever. If someone, if the stereotypes that people talk about, if you say to someone, oh, that's a stereotype, or you can't do that, that's a stereotype. I was like, okay, well, if you had to put a bet on, if you had to put like a hundred pound on or like a grand, whatever, you had to put money, a bet on it being true versus it not true in any random scenario, where would you put the money on and yeah. why? And then yeah. just ex- like say it out loud why. It's like, well, that, that that's, it's not, it's not like you're being racist. It's just like, well, based on past events, and previous encounters with this particular situation, just like if you're playing a game of poker, you put your money in in the hand you think is going to win the pot. Like yeah. it's, it's just so that's how I look at these things. I'm like, well, I, I don't think I, I'm sure there's black vegetarians out there. I'm sure there's loads of black. Vegetarians I'm sure there out are there. and vegans. But can I just say and something? Vegans, can I just can I just say something? On, a random guy in the street, would he be vegan or would he like chicken? Yeah, just like yeah, you yeah, get put yeah. a bet on. That's all. Yeah. Like, and then you're like, okay, well, you might lose the bet sometimes, but. This is good stuff. But what your 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 handling of the elderly gentleman is beautiful, by the way. It's beautiful. It it reminds me I, I talked about racism months ago and I mentioned my former next door neighbour who was like a second father to me. I loved him. He was an elderly Italian gentleman called Egidio Gianni, and he didn't have a bad bone in his body. But he held those stereotypical views of people of colour, not just black people. And I remember us having a big argument when an Italian woman got a gold medal in 1996 at Atlanta, um, Pepper, but she was black and he wouldn't have it. You know, and he would sometimes <laughs> use, he wouldn't have it. She, she couldn't be Italian. And he would use language sometimes. He would never use that N word. He would never say, but he would use language like panthers, you know, panthers. No, it was wrong. <laughs> it was wrong. And we told him that we, he, that, that he shouldn't say that. We weren't them. We weren't virtue signalers. We weren't woke. We were just kids. And we said, we said, you know, Egidio, that's terrible. You shouldn't say that. You're talking about human mm. beings, good people. But, mm. but, but we took him for the good and the bad because he was a mm. lovely gentleman with real, with great qualities but he was of his bloody generation they, 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 they did <laughs> think like that it's it's yeah it's understand it's just i think it's just having an understanding you've got we've got a, i uh, i always say as far as okay well you can't get i can't get too upset about people being like having these ideas about black people because in the day like everyone thinks we've got the biggest dicks in the world and it's like i didn't come up with that i didn't tell everyone yeah, that like, that's, yeah, yeah. that's something they're, they're also the same thing that makes people think oh do you mean 
this racial stereotype also makes them think that other racial stereotype, the one yeah. that benefits you. So it's like, well, <laughs> you mean you, you can't have your cake in it too? You can't be like, well, <laughs> you know, I can't have all the good, the good benefits it's of great philosophy. a talking black guy and not any of the, the other stuff that comes with it. But at the end of the day, like you say, there's black guys, <laughs> I mean, somewhere there'll be a black guy with a small dick listening to this being like, God damn it, I'm not represented. But that's not the point. The point is the, I, it's, it's, it's silly to be arguing over these things when you know that, okay, well, that rate, the racism word isn't a word that should be in play in the first place. Like that racism word is a misnomer. Yeah. If you take that word from underneath it all, then the kind of the whole thing crumbles, really, really. Then we're talking about something else because then dis- discrimination and prejudice can happen with um, your sexuality, it can happen with your gender, it can happen with yeah. other things. It doesn't, it's not just a, it's, it's, and all these other things that they point out. Have you noticed no one really, we're not having discussions, we're not having um, we're not having these um, talks in businesses about uh, the difference between the rich and the poor. That's never a topic that comes no, up. No, no, it never these, is. All these other topics that come up, like left, right, and centre, it's always talking about. And I say these topics are important. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm not taking yeah. away from anyone's soapbox. I'm not trying to take anyone's soapbox away from. Them. But the main topic that's affecting all of us. No one's talking about that. No, of course not. Essentially, it's easier to race bait. It's easier to race bait. Now, thanks for your thoughts on that. This, we're speaking to Pepper, by the way, Mancunian, I think, but is in Newcastle now, and um, he's a black gentleman, and he's got a very funny avatar on his uh, Skype thing, which is making me laugh. It's a it's a chimp with a with a suit and a red tie. I wonder does it have anything to do with Danny Baker? But we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> we, 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 we won't. Get... You know, that was a, I had a, I I used to, so I basically did events um, in Manchester. I'm actually. My, I'm actually a Geordie and I lived in Manchester. Ah, you're a Geordie, right, okay. You sound like a Geordie. You sound like a Geordie. I, I, I know, I, my, I, I, people think I'm from London a lot of the time, like my accent just isn't neutral. I think it's kind of just blend in places, which is nice. <laughs> so yeah. I can just, that just helps. <laughs> but, uh, right now, because, because, I, because I'm getting bombarded with calls okay, and so I've yeah. wasted the, the, the time on the racism thing, but because I don't get too many black callers, uh, I just don't. It's just the way it works out. Um, it was it was worth talking about that, but we are talking about care carers and caring. You are aware, uh, Pepper, of course, of what we've been talking about today. The news last night is that by October, people who work in care homes will be expected to have a job. That is obviously then going to segue. That's going to move to 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 care to to, to social care. You've got thoughts, my friend. Go ahead. Yeah, so I have um, I have two younger brothers. My immediate younger brother is autistic. He's been autistic for like, as long as I can remember, really. Um, it's not like a, it's not like you wouldn't be able to physically tell, but he's just got learning difficulties, that kind of thing. Um, and I'm technically one of his carers now. All my family have been vaccinated. I am not having the vaccination. I repeat, I am not having the vaccination because uh, it is not uh, a vaccination for one thing. It's just it's some poisonous needle essentially. Um, and I've been following. I mean, I've been, like I said, I've been listening to you. I, so, how do I explain? I haven't been listening to you for a long time. I've listened to you a lot during this, since everything really kicked off. But I randomly saw you on YouTube, like I said, YouTube, uh, when you were interviewing certain people that I was following, like David Icke and uh, John yeah. Maxwell, certain people like that. So, I, I, and then when I was in Manchester, I actually tried look, uh, finding you. But as far as this healthcare has been concerned, my, my dad's actually Obsangaini. So, he was the, when, when this popped off, I actually heard about, because I'm because medical talk is kind of like a household thing, and um, I did A level biology and stuff. So when it comes to medical talk, I can kind of get a grip to what's what's going on. Um, I was kind of aware that there was something kind of going off because um, uh, the, just the, the dinner dinner table chat was just a bit different. Um, and obviously, I'm in the cybersecurity world, and stuff was linking in ways that wasn't supposed to link in originally. 
and it was just a bit really a bit confusing so um when it happened I, I, I remember saying to my mother I was like I don't know what's happened but 2020 this horizon some horizon 2020 vision thing like I keep on seeing these these uh things on, on online on um I, I'm inside I do cyber security so I'm, I can check the dark, the dark web and stuff and certain places and um, I keep on seeing these these phrases and I don't know what they mean yet um, and it was it was she was she just thought I was like drinking too much Red Bull or something like she just thought you know, it was going off and I was like okay well I've, I've told you so I, I know I'm not going to go crazy doing anything um, and then when it all went off I was like okay so I thought it would I thought okay well I don't work in a, I don't I'm a care worker but I don't work in like a home so at the moment it's just my brother it's not like I, I work for a company or I work and I have to take care of people who aren't related to me as in I'm my brother's carer so it should be we should be able to handle it privately theoretically but yeah. I still need to have a backup plan in case this goes west so I just did a whole lot of research on um, on uh, like event one what they say so because so, I'm because I because I code and I'm into like and like a computer specialist theoretically I, I like reverse engineering things a lot, so I reverse engineer business models, I reverse engineer like a lot of things, it's kind of just a natural thing. So I just try to reverse engineer what they say happened in this theoretical nonsense and to what's actually happening. And obviously when things are matching up, then it's seeing what the next step is. And obviously the thing that we uh, we mentioned before that we won't talk about, but there's in the the from the health point of view, I feel like I mean I don't want to see, feel like I say I'm safe, but I feel like okay, well this, there's there's a, a number of layers it's going to get to before it gets to me. But that being said, they could easily come and t- attack the transport route. They could say, because I don't drive at the moment, I'm, I'm hopefully be learning how to ride a motorcycle because um, I feel like they're going to... This is this is going to segue very quickly into climate change, right? What's um, happening? Yeah, well, yeah, well, see, the thing is, because they're all connected, it's hard to start, yeah. it's hard yeah. to know when to stop talking about one thing and, and, and you're talking about a different thing. But yeah, because it's a many, it's a many uh, webbed kind of thing, the many legged kind of thing that they're doing. And um, I, I, I know you want to talk about healthcare. So Multi, so multi-layered, say, right? Well, I'm, I'm going to move on in two minutes because I'm getting bombarded with calls, and there are people who work in care homes who want to talk to me, and I, okay, I'm going to run out of, of time. So, so I want to ask you. So, you've got this brilliant background in computers. You understand how to browse the dark web. You saw some of this stuff coming before it came. I have no doubt you did. You talked about the you talked about the reverse engineering. Tell me where this is meant to go then, Pepper. Where if 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 nothing gets in the way of this agenda, where will we be in ten years? Let's do two minutes and then I'll move on. But I will get okay. in touch with you about another so, chance. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, end goal is basically um, the guy. There's a guy. Georgia Geiger stones. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it is, says they want 500 million people on the face of the planet. That's their words. They want the 500 million people. So if we break that down, first off, there's what eight billion people on the planet, whatever. So that's a lot of people. That's got. They've got to go. First yeah. off, that's a lot of people got to go. Out of that 500 million, there's always going to be the one percent who are the rich. Now, if I've done my calculation right, one percent of 500 million is 5,000. I think about 5,000. I think so. In my end schematic, there's five. The, the top what 5,000 wealthiest people in the world right now. If you can find a list of those people. Theoretically, that's those are the people who are going to be running the, the this future utopia that they want to run. That is going to be controlling the other five hundred, the rest of the five hundred million. Does that make sense? Yeah. And the rest yeah. is going to be robots and AI and not human, not human like, or maybe chimeras and clones and stuff that they make in a lab. I don't know. But that's kind of what I've. That's kind of how I've tried to reverse engineer it from their words. If they want that many people on the planet, and we know about one percent 
rule the rest of the 99 by that statistic. Or and you'll have a lot of transhumanism going on. So when 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 will this be achieved? It surely, surely they don't want it to be achieved as soon as 2030. Are they looking at 2050? Do they want this but, to be achieved by 2050? Maybe. Well, why? Why would you want? If you've got a goal, yeah. If you've got, if you've got a goal, why would you want the goal delayed? I asked that question because they're talking about being carbon zero by 2050, and they're talking about 2050 as a kind of a panacea for lots of different things as well. You know right. how we. So I just wonder. 2050 seems to be very important. Oh, I yeah, don't. These, uh, yeah, the, 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 as in the dates. I mean, the, tw- yeah. the 2021 that had occurred uh, obviously is 2012, and then you reverse the one and two. So the, a lot of these people. I mean, we're going to go on a tangent a little bit, but a lot of these people into like numerology and and, yeah. and weird kind of stuff. Like not weird stuff because that makes it sound like it's like it's it's bad. But it's it's something that if you it's knowledge is power. So if you know how to use this 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 energy or this mystical way of how numbers work and how the stars work and all that kind of stuff and other people don't then you've got the advantage just yeah. me, it's just a it's just a, a home field advantage and by using this sacred knowledge that's been forgotten over time um just like uh i mean i feel like it, it's they deliberately have large pushes of innovation and, and and knowledge and breakthrough and then have large periods of dark age and and and, and, and stupidity and then then they bring the knowledge back again and make it better. So, like, I feel like these things go in cycles of knowledge and but no the knowledge, cycle, knowledge, knowledge. But the cycle, but the cycle itself is almost like it reminds me of Jeff Goldblum in Independence Day. He contacts yeah. the president and he says, "I found." a code within their code and it's a countdown and I feel that as well and I feel that the countdown is about here now these cycles are coming to an end right Just, yeah uh, th- in, I mean on a, on a what's it we're coming to end of the one of the ages anyway but I, again when you look at that stuff and you look at yeah like it might be that every empire has a rise and a fall like as a you know a rise to a peak and then there's a decline and, then, and, then and that the, happens yeah. you've seen, history says that happens so now that we're so interconnected as a world, would it not make sense that as a as a world, as a planet, as a as a as a civilization as a whole, we we might be on the the decline now of some sort? That now that instead of having separate declines of separate empires and separate nations, it's one big it's decline of, of us all. I don't know. It it gets weird. It gets it gets into the esoterical stuff. And Listen, I, I I'm going to get into this. I I'm going to get into this in more depth. I mean, it's the summer anyway. It's the time to be speaking about this. Uh, Pepper. So look, I'm gonna we're we're connected now on Skype anyway. I'll be in touch with you because this is fascinating. I'm not giving you the brush off. This is hugely important. But I, I know there are a lot of carers who want to get through uh, to talk to me about what's been going on yesterday. And I did set that up at the beginning of the program, so I want to do that now. Two I, things. I no, no, no. Listen, it's been it's been brilliant. Two things. Thank you for talking about racism. Number one, and I mean that, uh, and chatting about it, and giving us your perspective on it. And thanks for that as well. That was brilliant, Pepper. Thanks a million, mate. Lovely to speak with you. Thank, thank you for having me, Richie. Thank you for everything you do. Because honestly, you keep you like I know people say that like, we keep saying it. it sounds like a joke, but as in there's a lot of there's I reckon that there's a lot of suicides that would have been avoided if someone had just shared shared your your platform to them and said you know what listen to this and it might help you make a bit more sense of what's going on. And that's why I try to do, I don't try and, I used to go through the thing of trying to convince people of like, oh, the the government's spying all that stuff. And at the end of the day, people have got to figure it out on their own. They've got to figure out that something's not right on their own. But what you can do as a person is just share them, give them a link to something like this. And it's like, 
and it can literally could save someone's life at the end of it. But you, you, people, you have no idea. It really could. So thank you for what you do, Richard. Honestly, I really appreciate it. No, I appreciate you, Pepper. Thanks for saying that, mate. And um, I know we'll speak again real soon. Cheers for that. That was Pepper, who's a Geordie, who lives in Manchester. He's back in Newcastle now. Uh, nice to chat about because because I pontificate on racism, but I'm I'm not black. Obviously, I'm not black unless I've um, be, you know unless I, I unless I'm very unwell at the moment. I don't know. Now, listen, Alan has been trying to get through for ages. I want to talk now about caring, and I want to talk about uh, what 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 what's been going on in the last twenty four hours. This thing that we worried about, that we you know that we. Um, talked about for so long, this mandating of the jab. I am going to limit it now to three or four minutes for everybody, okay? I know I spent quite a bit of time with Pepper, but there was a reason for that. Alan, welcome to the programme. How are you? I hear you, Rich. Good, good, good. <laughs> finally, finally. The man's been trying to get through for an hour and you're through now. Alan, go ahead, mate. Hey, can you hear me? Loud and clear. Uh, Richie, you missed an opportunity there with Pepper. Tell me. You forgot to tell him about the Irish manhood. Oh, I did, didn't I? <laughs> That's right. There was a contradiction there waiting to be. So, there was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Listen, yeah. Richie, just, uh, oh yeah, look, I won't take up much, too much time. Yeah, one, like I was going to break your heart about the Irish situation over here, which we're in a nightmare. Like we are just, it's an apartheid state. Vote today, here. right? Vote today on whether to extend passports for indoor dining. That's gone through the door today. Am I right in saying that? Yes, and apparently there's a big, there's going to be a big protest march outside the convention centre, which, you know, you probably heard of the convention centre. That's where the doll sits at the moment, where they pay a fortune every day instead of the doll because of social distance and everything else. So that's going on tonight, 11. But, I mean, look, it's the stupidest country in the world, Richie, at the moment. I mean, it's a country, it's a tree, it's a, I could say, well, some of us here have called a tree-walled prison. You can just go up the north, like, which we did last yeah. week. I'm married with a few kids, and we just went up to North and just had a great time. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, it's actually just. How is that working, Alan? Tell me a bit, because Alan is in Dublin. How does it work going to the North? What, what happens when you cross into the North? What happens? <laughs> freedom. Freedom. But we spend time. We spend time in Belfast and then at an adventure park. Grand, everything fine, indoor dining. You know, no, no, not much hassle with the masks now. You know as much as down here. But then, like, you know, even in Belfast, one of the nights we're in a hotel and, you know, it's mostly Southerners around us. And look, we've been just indoctrined so much with the media down here. That's if you listen to the media, obviously, like the likes of us don't. RTE, but, you know, they, they get up, they go to the toilet, put on a mask, they sit back down in the midst of, like, you know, 30 people and you're just like, oh, what are you doing? Like, why? You know, you just, it's its very hard to get through to people. its And, and this country, like, we are really screwed. Because as you know, I mean, like, between the religion in the past, whether it be Catholic Ireland or RTE, I mean, we the Irish just need somebody to tell them what to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that, that goes all the way back to the Lisbon Treaty. Even, I remember chatting to my friends during, like, you know, the Iraq War, weapons of mass destruction, all that. Just shut up, will you? Just get around in. You know, it's it's very hard. Why were we done. like that? Why? Because I was working at WLR at that time. And we knew what was going to happen. We knew that they were going to invade Iraq and kill hundreds of thousands or millions of people. And I'm in Shefflin's in Waterford, or I'm in the old stand in Waterford. I'm having a point. And listen, I'm not a doom monk. I'm not one of those, um, you know, killjoys. I'm not sitting with me mates on a 
Saturday going, hey lads, uh, what about Iraq? But it would come up sometimes. And yeah, our Richie shut up. Well, yeah. um, it, you're, you're up yeah. next on the pool table. Why are we like that? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I remember years ago talking to a French guy that worked for my brother's company and I was like, come here, just tell me what's the difference. And I, I always remember he said this to me. He says, listen, it's from the French Revolution. He said, we put in the government to do our job, to do the job for us, the people. If they don't do it, they can fuck off. Yeah. You know, whereas we put people in government and then we just sit back and go, oh, why are they doing this to us? So it's... And I laugh, that's the and laugh, mind. and laugh. Do you know, we covered the tribunals at WLR, me, Billy McCarthy, the head oh. of news. We covered the tribunals. And do you know, I would be out and about in Waterford, Allen, and I would meet people who would listen to the programme. And do you know, they would laugh at Charlie, Charlie Hoy. Like, they would be like, ah, ah, queer fella, ah, ah, he'd be brilliant, ah. I'm like, he should be hanging from his ankles from... From the Hapenny Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Alan is breaking up. I, I think now. that I think Fainer thing of the Irish. I think that's a Richie. You know? We just Sorry, lost we just lost you momentarily. You yeah, you're back now, you're back. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just saying I think it's the Mayfane or like I give her international listeners don't know. That's just basically people who are just obsessed with their own welfare, you know? And that's yeah. that's us, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah, when I tell people overseas um, that people laughed at the carry-on of Bertie Ahern, the former Irish Taoiseach, the former Irish Prime Minister, and Charlie Hawley, overseas, like, they're horrified. In Ireland, like, they laughed at them, you know, ah, proper blackguards, you know, and all of that sort of stuff. Crazy. I, I Richie, I just, like, I won't take up too much time. I have a quick story about Bertie Ahern, actually. Long time ago, uh, an ex-girlfriend, Bloody Blah, was over here. And he, he opened the credit union near to where we lived at the time. And I give him his as for that kind of pe- man of the people. Uh, the person wasn't from Ireland, my, my ex-partner. And she was like going, um, so Bertie comes down, opens the credit union. And the girl was like going, that's not your leader. And I said, are you? <laughs> and he goes, but where's the entourage? Yeah. Where is, you know, where's the entourage? Where's the guards? Where's the police? Where's the guns? And I'm going, this is what he ups. But anyway, later on, we we're chatting to a Dutch guy who was head of the uh, Credit Union in uh, Holland uh, and Europe. And he said, I said, Have you met Bertie before? Oh, yes. Bertie comes over to Maastricht and he he knows everyone's name. How are you, Hans? Hey, and I just, just like, oh, this is what we do. You know, this yeah. is, we just bluff our way into this. Bluff our way. Bertie, yeah, going into Maastricht, knowing everybody's names. Alan, just before I move on, I, I made a mistake, but you, I think you correct. I think you corrected me. The 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 vote on whether to insist on vaccine passports for indoor dining that takes place at twenty minutes past twelve early tomorrow morning, and you're going down there. Well, we I well I'm hoping to because it, there's a, there's a bit of a gathering of people now getting together through Twitter saying look we'll go into the convention centre so. We'll see. We'll go in and, and, you know, do something. You have to do something, Richie, you know, because now at this moment in time, Ireland, like a friend of mine was over earlier and we were just chatting and she's just like, are we just going to have to 
you know, batting down the hatches for winter because it's there's no let up in it here. And no. like now where I live locally, you just go out. This is the middle of July and everyone's wearing a mask outside. Madness. It's just beyond. The same here. Depression. Listen, don't beat, don't beat, don't beat us, us, um, us paddies up. Don't beat up the leprechauns. I'll tell you why. It's just as bad in Salford. <laughs> just as bad in Salford. It's as bad in Manchester. They're goons. There's guys cycling past me as I'm running down Liverpool Street of a morning. There's arseholes cycling with all the lycra on them and they've got a mask on cycling. What the hell is that about? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure, look, we were in Bundoran, you know, when we came we came from the north a few days in Bundoran on the way back. Look, lovely part of the world, you know. And I don't, I don't want to knock the Irish too much. Of course, like, there's plenty of good parts to it. Yeah. But, uh, but same crack. I mean, there's people there with their kids and, and get masks on the riots yeah. and they're just like, oh, are they even going to be able to breathe properly? What is no. doing? Like, you know, destroying, the, the, destroying the minds of the children as well. Look, I'm going to move on because you're breaking up a bit, Alan. If you do no, get down me. there tonight, mate, all the best to you, right? Listen, it was lovely to get you. I, look, I work in healthcare. People talk, talk to ourselves donkey, so we leave it at that. But listen, it was great getting you to you. Hopefully, I'll get you again at some stage. Yeah, no doubt. You. No doubt, mate. Thanks for that. Alan there in Dublin. Uh, going to the north for a bit of crack. Going to Northern Ireland for a bit of crack. Connolly Station. Is that right, Jean-Anne? Connolly Station, is it, in Dublin to get to the north? Oh, God. Look, we're talking about healthcare and, and vaccine passports and all the rest of it. Straight to the Hello. mobile phone. Uh, caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Liam Marchant. Are you doing, Liam? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Um, getting there slowly now from the accident, you know. It's like... Liam is Gail's. Liam is Gail's son. I, 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 it's, it is Liam. You are Gail's son, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had an accident on a motorbike, yeah, because we talked about this on on the Sunday music program. Yeah, yeah. But you're getting there, Liam. You're getting there. Yeah, I can. I've uh, got flex on my knee now, and hands getting there slowly. Get the pins out next Tuesday. Good man. So, and and, yeah. leave, and park the motorbike and get a car, Liam. Get a car. Yeah, I'm thinking about it, but. I also like bikes as well. <laughs> and, and I understand it, but but I bet you a pound to a penny the accident was not your fault, right? No, it was. <laughs> it was, was it? Um, After all that. Yeah. All right. Even more reason to park the bike. Now, talk about, yeah. you want to talk about care. Tell us. Yeah. Um, well, basically, the care I'm at, I'm at um, they've been egging on at me since the vaccine came out saying, oh, you need to get the vaccine to save the residents and that. And they're like, well, I can understand their situation, yeah, but it's not their health on the line as well as mine. Yeah. Like, they're not thinking about other people. Well, they are. They're thinking about the residents and that. I get that. But obviously, like, if I get the vaccine done and then, like, you know, something happens to me, it's going to be on them. Have you said that? Have you said, look, if I am compelled to take this thing and become unwell, you've got some liability? Have you said that, Liam? Yeah, I've said that to him. I mean, um, the turn around and said, oh, well, you're putting your family in danger and you're putting us at danger. And they're like, well, at the end of the day, my family don't really care about it. Yeah. Like, they know the real thing that's going on. Everyone's there like, oh, yeah, get the vaccine, it'll save you. Well, loads of people have died from having it. And become ill from having it as well. Yeah. And how long have you worked at the care home you work at now? Uh, about six months. And mm. obviously I was coming towards the end of the trial and that. And it's come, in all fairness, it's the whole reason why I did end up having the accident. Because it just kept some stressing me out so much. I mean, I was calm when it happened, but it was there in my head. And it just 
constant always going on saying, oh, you need to get this or you're not going to have your job. And I'm there thinking, well, that's not legal, is it? I was going to ask, do you like your job? And then I hesitated because you, you, you've been kind of on trial. So you've come into yeah. to the care home business at a time when yeah. all of this lunacy is going on. So you've yeah. not you've not come into caring in 2019 when things would have been normal. So what what has your experience been like then? You've been wearing masks all the time, have you? In yeah, the, care home? the constant always. Oh, wash your hands, sanitize them, wear a mask, do your work, get your job done, and go home. And it got to the point which is what I find really disgusting. So obviously I got along with every single resident in that care home. To me, it was like a massive family, and Lovely. the. Day I went in, the boss turned around and said, "You're not allowed to speak to the residents." Why? Said, yeah, they turned around and went, "You're not allowed to speak to the residents. You're not allowed to see them. You have to go around and do all the toilets, the hoovering, and all that." And I'm there thinking, "Well, hang on a minute. We're meant to be a community here. We're meant to support each other, and you're there not giving a single person in this home support." And was that down to did did they did they ask you not to speak to them because of infection? Was that the reason? Yeah, they say, oh, because you haven't had the vaccine, you're not allowed to speak to the residents. And they're like, well, hang on a minute. I'm really close with them all. I've gotten to know them. I've got to know their past lives and all that. I know you're saying you're not allowed to speak to them. And I'm just there like, what? And are you... Have you found yourself to be suitable for the job? I talked to Julia earlier on. She said it's very difficult. It must be very difficult for people wearing the masks and all that. But she said that age doesn't matter. You're either a caring person or not. And you sound like you might be a good fit, Liam. Yeah. I mean, I've said to him, like, look, what have I done wrong in this home? Yes, I may have had a little argument with a few of the workers here, here and there, but at the end of the day, I've looked after the residents, I've looked after the workers, what is the problem? And they went, oh, the problem is, is that you haven't had the vaccine. And they're like, the well, vaccine. the vaccine doesn't really do anything. I mean, so many people have said, oh, yeah, it doesn't stop you from getting the COVID. And they're like, well, then what's the difference? You're still going to get it. So you've been off because of the bike accident. Do you think you'll end yeah. up going back to finish your trial or how, how will it work? Um, well, because I know if I go back, they're going to be there like, oh, you, you had your vaccine, vaccine. done. And like, yeah. I'm just really kind of bothered with it. And so I'm thinking maybe after I've healed up on that, look for like a different sort of job where I don't need the vaccine or not. Do you mind me asking how old are you, Liam? 19. So you're 19. Yeah. What a terrible shame because you'd you'd have been a good fit, I think. Yeah. You you like I mean, listening I'm, to the, the the seniors. You like listening to their stories. You got on well with them. Yeah. Which is lovely. It's a wonderful thing, really. Wow. Yeah. And now, and, and uh, you said that you had one or two little minor arguments with other staff. Fair enough. What was their general feeling about the vaccine? Did they share their thoughts with yeah, you? Are they, go- they they going to have it? Yeah, they've had it. They've all had it. They've all, all had it. Around like, oh, well, nothing's happened to me yet. It's so like, yeah, yeah. Three days down the line, maybe something will happen. You don't know. Yeah. And well, it's just like, well, you're putting this stuff inside your body. You don't know what's in it. And at the end of the day, I feel like all this that's going on is a test. You're not going to mention the name of the care home. Please no. don't. Please don't. In the time before you had your accident, when you were there, um, yeah. Had residents, had some of the seniors been getting their jabs? Yeah, a lot of them have had their jabs and that. And, um, Did you notice anything? I feel really sorry for them because obviously now they're more vulnerable than they were before. Was Did anything happen after they began to get their jabs? Um, don't answer well, that if the, you don't want to now. 
Yeah, I'll answer it. Um, one of them that I was close with um, passed away, and some of them are saying it was towards cancer. Now, I'm kind of thinking, was that towards the vaccine, or was it not? Yeah, but we don't know. I, I ask no. that because I, I have heard from people who work in care homes who told yeah. me that in January, February, that a lot of seniors passed away in at the at the time that they were rolling out the jabs. And so yeah. I, I was just wondering about that, yeah. Wow. Um, and Liam, let me ask this, let me ask this. The, 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 the arguments that you had with other staff, was that about the vaccine, those arguments? Did it come down to the yeah. vaccine? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them were there like, oh, well, then you're just not keeping your family safe and you're not keeping yourself safe and you're not keeping the residents safe, which is the most important bit. Now, what annoyed me with that is the fact they brought my family into it. Yeah. Like, they don't know my family. They have no right to tell around and say, oh, you're putting your family at risk. No, they so don't. They don't. They not don't. one of them have got COVID. No, they don't. I agree with you. But but a lot of pressure is being brought to bear on them. Presumably, yeah. presumably the staff are going to be, I presume most of them are older than you, right? Yes, all yeah. of them are. And they're just getting it constantly about the vaccine, the vaccine, the vaccine. So, so, so they believe yeah. it. They believe it, right? So I, I kind of don't oh, blame yeah, them. It's going to help you. It's going to help your immune system. It's not. It's destroying your immune system slowly, even though you don't know it. In some people, just, for sure, yeah. yeah. It's just destroying everyone's freedom on what they get to do and what they can and can't do. And you're 19, right? I, I know you're laid up at the moment with the bike. You're 19. Look, when I was 19, yeah. all I did was go out. All I did yeah. was chase girls, unsuccessfully, it must be said. And all, yeah. I, all I did was thought about going overseas and, you know, travelling. And you must be thinking yeah. that. How does it feel for a 19-year-old, again, articulate lad, how, I don't want to sound like I'm condescending. I'm not. How do you yeah, feel about right. how do you feel about the possibility, Liam? That you know you might not get to go and travel and do these things unless you consent to the job. How does that feel? Personally, I mean, yeah, I'd love to travel the world. It'd be great. But at the end of the day, I'd rather choose my life over traveling because if I get the vaccine, I'm traveling somewhere, and all of a sudden I die. It's a waste of a trip. But you might not die. No, I'm not trying to talk you into it now. I'm just I'm, I'm being the devil's no, advocate. No. Not not everybody is going to is going to die. I think it's going to hurt a lot of people, and it will kill yeah. people. No doubt, it, it is killing some people. But because um, yeah. I, I spoke to a, a younger gentleman privately recently, a little bit older yeah. than you, he doesn't want it either. Does not want it. Doesn't want to be anywhere near it. But um, he's going to take the chance. Yeah, I'm not going to take the chance because obviously if I um, if I get it and then obviously like, you know, I, I say a few weeks down the line, I'm doing all right and then give it a few more years and then I start to slowly deteriorate inside it yeah. after you've had it. Like you might not react straight away. You might take a few years and then all of a sudden you, you know, you start to realize you're failing like a lot of like your insides are failing, like your liver, your heart and all that. And people are going to think, oh, that's due to COVID. Well, some future pandemic, maybe. Yeah, some future yeah. pandemic might be blamed. So there's no way on God's green earth you're going to have it then, and you'll take whatever consequences come with that. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough, Liam. I, I'm going to leave it there to try and get another couple of calls in. Say hi to Gail for me. Yeah, well, Your mum. 
who's a lovely lady. I don't think she's ever been on. I don't think she ever phoned in, Gail. But she's um, a, a regular contributor through uh, social media. Mate, I'm I'm yeah. sorry for you. You sound like you'd be ideal for the job. But yeah, um, yeah, it's not going to work out. It is what it is. There's more out there. Well, there is, mate. There is. That's a, a fantastic attitude to have. Liam, thanks for the call. That was Liam there, um, Yorkshire. Uh, I'm going to take another mobile call. It's um, BBG, excuse me, it's uh, Chat with Richie on Skype. It's 0161818 on the phone. Another mobile caller. Welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Yeah, hello. It's Chris here, Chris Morrell. Ah, Chris, how you doing? Welcome. Nice yeah, to speak yeah, to you. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm, I had a bit of a meltdown earlier on because I was looking at that, you know, the vote, and then you thought, I, I've had, I'm on a day off catching up on all the shit, you know. I look at the late, uh, latest Reiner Fulmich one with the guy <laughs> going through all the patents and everything. Anyway, to get to the point, you know, over uh, the care homes, like two things. My dad lives in a care home and uh, I take one of those lateral flow tests, you know, before I go in to see him. Yeah. But it looks like they want to introduce the vaccine passport. We spoke about you. Business. We spoke with you about taking the lateral flow test to go and see your dad before. So that's bad enough. Now, now they want you. You think they'll want? Well, they well, will. They will want you to have the vaccine, won't they? It looks like that. So I mean, he is now nursing care. I'd say he's in. That was another thing I was thinking of just then. He went into hospital a couple of weeks ago, and when he got, they, they, you know, they, they fixed him up. And they, when I spoke to the people at the hospital, they were saying, oh, he's talking to us and he's, uh, he's ha- you know, he's recovering and we're feeding him. And, but when he got back to the care home, he'd lost seven kilos. And in the time since, I don't know what, uh, you know, whether it's attributable to the vaccinations or the, whatever you want to call them, but he's lost all his mobility now and he's, and he's in bed. Whereas two or three, you know, like seven kilos, ago, Chris, seven kilos. Seven kilos, yeah, which is... And he's only a small guy, yeah. It's a stone um, and a half. Yeah. Jesus. But they've built him up again. He's got, and, but the thing is, uh, I mean, on, on, on the actual working thing, the lady you were speaking to earlier, um, I just wanted to echo what she was saying. I mean, because I work as a home care worker, uh, I do 85 hours a week to, to get about two grand a month. I mean... Jesus Christ! Uh, and if they got, if they, if the instruction came through from Public Health England or whatever it's going to be called when they do, and the email comes, oh sorry, Chris, we can't employ you anymore, whatever. Well, there's three of us that will just say, okay, bye bye, and that will be something approaching 300 hours that they will have to cover. 85. And one of those people. You're doing 80. Hang on, you're do, you're doing 80 hours a week. Just to remind our listeners again yeah. what Chris does, and we spoke to callers earlier on about this. What Chris does is he facilitates a senior person to live in their own home. He will go around and help them with cleaning, with cooking, with their companionship. It's a wonderful thing yeah. to do. It really is. And you, it's a great job. Uh, and you love it's the job. Those- you love the job. It's a great. Um, it's one of those jobs. It's like a secret great job, because it's ridiculous money. I mean, like I'm driving all day, um, uh, which I enjoy. But and, and there's an irony there because with the first lockdown, it's like along with all those furloughed workers, we had the roads to ourselves. We felt like 
what they said we were, you know, like key workers. Yeah. It was just us and the, us and the dustman on the road, you know. <laughs> and uh, But then it's absolutely it's gone sour and sour, obviously, as, you know, obviously um, being somebody that discovered you a few years ago and listens to Mark Windows and all these agendas that are at play, we see it's um, just absurd and disgusting. It is um, disgusting, yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. Chris, before I take Ooh. another call, let me ask you this. Um, do you have any hope that this will be tested legally? Surely this will be tested legally. It must be. If 30% of care home workers, now I know you're a social oh. care, which is different, and if 30% of social carers, yeah, if, if so many people will not take the job, but want to keep their jobs. Surely there are going to be uh-huh. human human rights court cases about this, surely. Yeah, well, let's hope so. But I was going to say on a personal, you know, anecdotal but uh, level, but the way we're manage, managing it at the moment is one of the other people that I've referred to, myself and two others, is an, uh, an amazing girl. Who's, she's only like 25. She's a Romanian. She <laughs> came over as the care worker, as the frontline worker, yeah. and she's a manager now and that. But the way we've managed it with some people, some clients thinking, oh, I'm not sure if I don't want, to, if I want somebody who's not been, you know, had the vaccinations and that, the way we've managed it, we're, we're, we are managing it, you know, and people's fears have been allayed. And, and, you know, I think on a, is it a macro or micro level, yeah. companies can, can, can work around it. But if it's mandated and so that the contracts change, then they'll just lose loads of people. They will, of course, yeah, which Julia said earlier. You've touched on something really interesting as well, which we should have maybe come to, and maybe we will come to it on another programme, but we haven't really gotten into this. How many... how many clients, the seniors that are being cared for, how many of them have been so scared by the propaganda that they are insisting Absolutely. that their carers are vaccinated, which you've just touched on there. That's, well, that's important. That, yeah. Obviously, I've seen that ebb and flow. And, but then, and, and like I remember last night, I'm just thinking now, I went into a guy last night, I didn't even put my mask on, and he didn't say anything about it. He didn't mind. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know nobody I work with will be listening. But, but would uh, you but, ask, yeah, Chris, um, Chris, would you ask, would you ask the client, would you say to the, to the older man or the older lady, would you mind if I don't wear the mask? Would you ask them first? I, yeah. Good man. With one person in particular, with one person in particular, is a younger woman, and she's disabled, she seemed to be making the suggestion that she didn't want anyone unjabbed to come into her. But uh, she, it was made clear to her, and she knew my, my views on it. That, and I've been, going to, to, I've been visiting her for like nearly five years, along with this other girl I, re- I referred to. I say girl, young woman. Um, yeah. And she realised that she would be losing two of her, two of her friends. People that she gets on well with. Yeah. Yeah, people that have been caring for her for five years. And she, and when I went there, the, and having not been there for months, because this other girl took me off, off her, her off my rotor for a bit, I went there the other night, and I said, do you want the mask? I said, no, of course not. And it was just back to normal. Brilliant. And I thought, I was so relieved, because I didn't want to be excluded for that reason. Because yeah. that, that's silly. And, 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 and uh, the other thing I was just going to say... Very quickly, Chris, I want to move on. Go ahead, quickly. Yeah, 20 on, seconds, yeah. go on. I'll leave, I'll, 
I'll send you an email. Um, okay, mate. Can I can I wish your dad right. the best? Sincerely, I wish your dad the best. Yeah. And I wish you the best yeah, with he, that going he, forward. He couldn't be better looked after. You know, that's the other thing. You know. He well, couldn't be better in a better place. Well, good luck to him, mate. And thank you, Chris. That was Chris. I've got a, I had a call coming in there from overseas. I wanted to take it. Um, I'm going to take it now because they're desperate to get through. And we've only got three minutes. Caller, welcome to the programme. I know you've been trying to get through. We've got three minutes. What would you like to say? Uh, hey, Richie, can you hear me? Can you? Loud and clear. Who am I speaking with? Uh, Christopher. I've been on before. I'll be brief. Uh, chemtrails. Richie. I've been watching weather as kind of my hobby for ages. And I've kind of come to the conclusion that whenever there's heavy chemtrails, it doesn't affect that area. So I'd like to put it out to your kind of meteorological friends out there, Pierce Carbon or others, that whenever to observe the chemtrailing that's going on around the world, uh, in Europe especially maybe, and see, like, where is it actually affecting the weather? Because I think the weather still is a chaotic system to some extent. So they can't actually make a big body of weather in one area, but they can push it around. What I've noticed when there was heavy chemtrailing in Madrid, heavy chemtrailing in the north of Spain, because I was traveling between the two places for three weeks in a row, where the big, mad, crazy weather was going on was in the Pyrenees, in the, uh, in the north. In somewhere France, else. In other places. So I think they're, what, what they're doing is manipulating the weather, but it doesn't affect that area. They can't actually make big weather system change or whatever, but they can push it around. And that's, I think that's what's going on. Do you remember last year at the beginning of all of this nonsense when flights were grounded effectively? They were grounded. I couldn't get over the amount of spraying that was going on over Salford and Manchester. I couldn't get over yeah. it because I knew that commercial flights were effectively, they'd been yeah. way more than half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they were basically oh, disappeared. Really? Yeah. Very quickly, when, when there was cargo planes flying over Madrid, there was loads of them. There seemed to be just unbelievable. I heard that they were taking seats out of planes to do cargo, to make them into cargo planes during COVID when they were bringing masks and um, medical supplies and all sorts of st- stuff around. And there was flight patterns from Victoria to, to Malaga. That, there'd be one flight a year there a, a week. And then there was three or four, or there was every day. And, and uh, what was happening was, those planes were going by and there was no chemtrails. So I came to the, the comic conclusion that, oh, it's people that cause chemtrails, that you have to have people in the plane to cause chemtrails because these planes that were carrying cargo with no people, they weren't making chemtrails. So what's going on? What's going on? What the hell's yeah, going yeah. on? I've interviewed a couple uh, Ricky, of pilots, so I'll, I'll get into that. There. Christopher, lovely. I'm One sorry it's so though, short I'll come now. Back, do, come mate. back to you in about six months. <laughs> yeah, There's do. something going on with building in Madrid. Something weird is going on with the, build, with the building industry in Madrid. Uh, uh, watch this space. Do well, keep me updated, thanks, won't you? Thanks, Richie. Not at all. Thank you, Christopher. That's um, Irish Christopher, who's uh, obviously living in, um, in Madrid. Uh, thanks to him. And thanks to you, all the callers. And the ones who didn't get through, I'm really sorry you didn't. Look, we'll do another one real soon. And we'll get all new callers on the programme. Thanks again for, uh, for all of you. I really appreciate your calls. That chemtrails is very important, by the way. It's a subject we haven't gotten into in quite a while, but it's a genuine agenda that I know it to be true. Spoken about it many times over the years, going back to my radio days in Spain. Right, as uh, we ease out of the programme, I'll be back with you again tomorrow, Thursday, at 5 o'clock UK time, with Thursday's Richie Allen Radio Show. Until then, look after yourselves and one another. Godspeed. God bless you. Bye now. Bye. Do-